Welcome to another podcast by Victoria Point Baptist Church. We are glad you have joined us today. If you would like to connect with us as we aim to introduce people to Jesus by connecting with our local community and beyond, you can find out more at vpbc.com.au. Give Moses uh, a list of laws that would be known as the Ten Commandments. And when Moses was coming down from the mountain, uh, the people of Israel had, been, uh, had made a golden calf and were, was worshipping that calf. That was the focus of their worship. And, and as we know, uh, Moses, obviously very upset, threw those stone tablets on the ground and retreated back up into the mountain and spent some time with God again as God had these, this word that he had for his people. I think it would be really interesting to know what the people of Israel were thinking when Moses went back up a second time. I think it would be really interesting to consider what they were thinking about God or what he was thinking about them. Uh, They had been caught in idolatry, worshipping a golden calf. No doubt they were quite anxious, maybe afraid, maybe concerned. But I'd be really interested to know what they were thinking when Moses went again up on that mountain to receive the Ten Commandments. Then the Lord said to Moses, write down these words, for in accordance with these words I have made my covenant with you and Israel. Moses was there with the Lord 40 days and 40 nights without eating bread or drinking water. And he wrote on the tablets of the words of the covenant the Ten Commandments. And when Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of the testimony in their hand. You know, turn me off, are you? It would be interesting to think or to consider when they saw Moses coming down the mountain with the Ten Commandments. Were they thinking, oh, is God going to punish us? What does this mean for us? Uh, How will this work out for us? I'm sure there would have been a sense where they were wondering what were going to be on those Ten Commandments. After all, they turned their backs on God. They were worshipping a golden calf. I'm sure they carried a great deal of concern about what the message might have or what Moses might have for them. And it's the same for us. When we receive news, uh, we hardly ever sort of think about the person delivering the news. We think more about how that news may affect us. So if we're waiting on a call from the bank manager, or it's the mechanic who's been working on our car, or wanting to hear the results of an exam, it's all about us. Uh, We're waiting to hear this news, but we're asking the question, how will this affect me? How will this change my life? What difference this will make to me? And I'm sure it was the same with the people of Israel. As Moses came down with those two tablets of stone, I'm sure they would have been thinking, what does this now mean for us? How will our life change? Uh, What will be the consequences of these Ten Commandments? I wonder if there was an Israelite there that day when Moses came down with God's law who was thinking differently. And rather than thinking, what does this mean for us? I wonder if there's anyone there that day excited as Moses came down with those two stone tablets saying, isn't it so good? Now we know how to live in a way that can please God. Isn't it so good that God has shared his heart with us and we can now live for him? 
I'd be very surprised because I think if I was one of them and Moses came down the second time with the Ten Commandments, I would be concerned. What does this mean to me? But wouldn't it have been wonderful, amazing, if there were some Israelites there who were looking at the Ten Commandments from God's perspective and not their own? If there would have been some Israelites there thinking, this is great, God shared his heart now that we can worship and serve him in a way that pleases him. You see, it's really easy for us to recognize the majesty and the power and the wisdom of God. But it's just as easy to think about how does that power and wisdom and knowledge God help me? What's the benefit in knowing God? What's in it for me? And so sometimes we can see God as a wise teacher, and he is. But sometimes we only listen to him, or we're only interested in what he's teaching us and telling us how to live, because we think, well, this will work out well for me. This is the way to live. And that's true. But it would be really good if we would get to our position where we would consider God rather than ourselves, that we would consider how this turns out from his perspective rather than from our own. And so how do we view the importance of our relationship with God? He's a wise teacher. He knows things. If I listen and follow him, it'll work out well for me. Or do we have a sense of this is my father God, creator of the universe. This is God who I love and worship. Because that will make the difference. That will make the difference. Because we either see God as a wise and powerful teacher... And he has the answers. He's someone that we listen to because our life will go well for us. Or do we see him as creator God, father God, someone that we want to love and serve? If you were there that day, consider the circumstances and the environment. And Moses comes down the second time with the tablets of stone, the Ten Commandments. What would have been your response Gee, we're in trouble now. What does this mean? What do I have to do for God to keep him off my back? Or would you see it as an opportunity? (laughs) Isn't this great? God has revealed his heart now that I can serve him and love him. What does the presence of God mean to you? What does the presence of God mean to me? Is he just a wise teacher, someone that's wise to follow and listen to because he knows things? (laughs) Or is he Father God, Saviour, Creator? Is he someone that we love and want to serve and desire to please? Because that will be the heart of any renewal or revival. If we see God as just a wise and powerful teacher, we'll just follow him for what we can get. It'll be the bestest life, and it is. But there's more to it than that. Revival and renewal comes when we don't see God just as a wise teacher, but we see him as our heavenly father, our friend. That intimate relationship that we can have with our creator is the key. Revival always starts with a movement of the heart. Not just recognizing that God is all-powerful and all-knowing, but that we love him and we want to serve him. And as we read on... As Moses went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and stay at the entrance. And while the Lord spoke with Moses, whenever the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance of the tent, they all stood and worshipped each at the entrance of his tent. And the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. How good is that? 
We know we talked last week about Adam and Eve and how they lost that privilege of being in the garden with God. They lost that special privilege. God turned into just a wise teacher. He told Adam and Eve how to live because the relationship had been broken. But here we see, even though Adam and Eve destroyed that, the relationship and enjoying God's presence is still available to us. How do you see God? How do you enjoy his presence? Is he just a wise teacher or is he a spiritual policeman that you fear and, well, we better do what he says or he's going to stomp on us? Or do we have a picture of God who created the universe who wants to have this face-to-face friendship with, this intimate relationship where he leads and guides as an act of love? And we're missing out. If we're just scared of God or we just know that he knows good things and he's a wise teacher, we're not enjoying his presence. We're just acknowledging his position. And that's really sad and we do that a lot. As Christians, we're always acknowledging God's position. He's God, he's creator, he's powerful. But what we need to do is enjoy his presence, to be in his presence, to enjoy him and understand in a remarkable way, God wants to speak to us face to face as a friend. That's really good news. I trust this morning that we have a moment to consider this. God is available to us. We can step into his presence and enjoy him. Not be afraid of him. Not just trying to get that bit of wisdom so our life will go easy for us. But that we would simply enjoy God. And that's the essence of any renewal. Revival never comes. Renewal never comes because we say God is a wise teacher. He is. But renewal and revival comes when he becomes Abba Father, when we enjoy and we have a desire and we hunger for his presence. And if we want to get some sort of gauge on how our relationship with God is going, if we want to get some sort of insight to how we see him, then go back in history and sit at the bottom of Mount Sinai. And as Moses comes down with those tablets, those Ten Commandments, how would you respond? Would you go, oh, what are we going to do now? We're in trouble. What does this mean? What are all these rules about? Or would we have a heart that says, this is wonderful. God shared his heart. Now I can live a life that pleases him. As Christians, it is right to live and acknowledge God's position. He is all-powerful, all-knowing, wise, the creator of the universe. But if it's just God's position that we recognize, we're missing out. We have to come to the place where we're moved and drawn by God's Spirit to enjoy His presence, to enjoy Him. Moses spoke with God face to face like a friend. He talked and shared and led and guided and comforted and encouraged. And that's what I need and that's what you need. Not just to acknowledge the position of God, but you need to enjoy His presence, His wisdom, His insight, His encouragement. We need that sort of way that God wraps his arms around us sometimes and holds us tight to enjoy the presence of God and to love him and to love being in his presence as a source of renewal and revival. And as Moses brings down those stones, uh, we're not thinking, oh, this is bad. What's going to happen to us? We're just so happy that God's sharing our hearts so that we can live in a way that pleases him. But there's more. There's always more. When Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of testimony in his hands, he was not aware that his face was radiant because he had spoken with the Lord. 
When Aaron and all the other Israelites saw Moses, his face was radiant and they were afraid to come near him. Moses was transformed by the presence of God. This is the heart to renewal. This is the heart to revival. Where we want to place ourselves in God's presence because we know that God's presence changes us. It transforms us. We want to be in God's presence because we know and understand that his character and his holiness and his mercy and his grace rubs off on us, makes a difference to us. And so we can easily see if God's just a wise teacher, a spiritual policeman that we're afraid of, but we listen to because he knows things, we're never going to want to be in his presence for the reason of him transforming and changing us. Moses was with God and his face was radiant. And that's the desire and the hunger that we need to have, where we want to be in his presence. There's a new vocation that's available to people in these last few years, and it's one of being an influencer, an online influencer. Now, um, some people are in delusional, but there are some people who actually have people following them. And they tell people what they should eat and how they should wear and what car to buy and what holidays to have. Um, I don't have a lot of time for those things as such. Some of you may, I don't. But do you know what? I do like being around people who positively rub off on me. I do like to be with people who are positive, who are fun. I do like to be around people like that because I find their character rubs off on me and makes a difference. And when I'm in their presence, I'm a different person. It's the same with God. We've got to love being in his presence because we love him and we want to serve him and we want to sit at his feet. But we want to be in his presence because he changes us and he transforms us. The spirit of God is at work when we're in the presence of God. How good is this? You and I are able to fully enjoy the presence of God, to sit at his feet, to talk to him as a friend. But that's not all. When we sit in God's presence and talk to him, we are transformed and we are changed. But with every privilege comes responsibility. And if we are transformed by God's glory, if like Moses we carry something of his radiance, we also have a responsibility. And that is so that influence doesn't diminish or fade. So you and I need to be aware, yes, we can enjoy God's presence. And yes, when we're in God's presence, he transforms us and changes us and makes us more like him. But we have to understand that, this, this or that, this. (laughs) That influence can fade. It can diminish. Because you and I choose to step out of the presence of God. You and I choose to put distance between us and God. I don't know why, we're not real bright, (laughs) But human nature is that we endeavour to step away from God, do our own thing, seek independence. We have our own plans and purposes and we step away from God. And when we step away from God, not only do we lose a sense of his presence, but we lose his radiance, we lose his glory. And it diminishes and it fades. Now you and I are normally pretty good at putting on a pretty good mask. We're normally well uh, advised in how we can look really good on the outside. But imagine if we were like Moses. Imagine if our faith told the story. Uh, Imagine how it is if you could look at me and tell by my face whether Paul had spent God in God's presence or I haven't. (laughs) 
because we can enjoy God's presence and it will transform and change us. But as humans, we can often step out of and put distance between us and God. And when we put a distance between us and God, his radiance fades. And do you know what happens then? We live the Christian life in our own strength. It's me trying to do it. Me trying to love, forgive, be caring. And that's no good. (laughs) Does it work? You don't need human love. You need God's love through me. And if I'm not in the presence of God, enjoying God, there's no way that I can have his radiance. There's no way that I can have his power. So we read that Moses had a veil put across his face. And he had that for two reasons. Firstly, the people, when he is in God's presence and his face radiated the glory of God, the people were afraid. So he put it on so they weren't. When Moses finished speaking to them, he put a veil over his face. But whenever he entered the Lord's presence to speak with him, he removed the veil until he came out. And when he came out and told the Israelites what had been commanded, they saw that his face was radiant. Then Moses would put the veil back on his face until he went in to speak with the Lord. But there's another reason, and we pick it up from the Apostle Paul uh, in his reading to those at Corinth. Moses wore the veil for another reason. And I think you and I could understand that. And Paul's talking about our future glory, where it won't diminish. In the future, our glory will be eternal. And he's talking about that at this time. And if what was transitory came with glory, how much greater is the glory of that which lasts? Therefore, since we have a hope, we are very bold. We are not like Moses who would put a veil over his face to prevent the Israelites from seeing the end of what was passing away. And so Moses wore a veil to protect the people because they were scared when he was in God's presence and his face shone. But Moses also wore a veil conveniently because people couldn't see that the glory was fading. I'm so glad that you can't tell by looking at my face whether I spent time with God or not. And yet if you were to know me and if you were to see beyond the mask, if you were to see what I'm really like, if you were to see the reality of my humanity being lived it out at home and with others, then you would notice. Because I will be different when I'm spending time with God. When I'm in God's presence, his character and his holiness and his love rubs off on me. But when I don't spend time with God in his presence, you just get me. And that's not so good. And so the challenge that we have today is this. There is a wonderful privilege You and I can enjoy the presence of God. We can step in and sit at his feet. The extra bonus is when we're enjoying God's presence, his glory changes us and transforms us. But this is the catch. You and I have a responsibility not to let the glory of God diminish or fade because then we're living the Christian life in our own strength and that's not what the world needs. The world doesn't need need me imitating the Christian life, trying to be a Christian. The world doesn't need me trying to love, care and forgive. What the world needs is the spirit of Christ who lives in me, living his life through me. And the only way that I take on the glory of God is to spend time in his presence, to sit at his feet. See, it comes back to the beginning. If God is just a wise teacher who we fear and we just follow him because he's got all the clues on how to live, there's no presence, there's no intimacy. 
But if we love God and we want to serve him and if we're drawn to him and we want to know how to live, then we'll get to that place where we want to be in his presence. Moses said to God, God, show me your glory. I want to see your face. And we read in in a little while that he couldn't see his face. He could just see the back of God. God covered him in the cleft of the rock. (laughs) But Moses had this desire that the glory of God would transform him. That he would live in God's presence and be transformed by the Spirit of God. I have said many times, renewal or revival, dry bones coming to life. We'll get to November and we could say that was a great series, but nothing will happen. We don't get revival or renewal out of the cornflakes packet. It's just not something that happens because we're here. Revival and renewal starts when you and I, who are the church, have a hunger and we are desperate to be in the presence of God. We don't see him just as a teacher. We see him as saviour, friend, and we want to be in his presence. And we desperately hunger to be transformed by his spirit. Why? Because your family and friends and your neighbours and your workmates and the people in this community don't need to see you. (laughs) They need to see you when you've been in the presence of God. So his glory transforms and changes you. We said every week of this series we would ask a question. Last week the question with... Adam and Eve was in the garden where God said to Adam, where are you? He didn't ask the question because he didn't know where Adam was. He asked Adam the question, where are you? Because he knew that he'd fallen away. Where are you, Adam? It's important to me. I want you to be close. Today we follow on with the next question is, do we desire to really be in the presence of God? Only you can answer that. Sometimes God's the teacher, we better do what he says or we'll be in trouble. But what God wants to be is our heavenly father creator where we come into his presence because we love him. And when we're in his presence, we're filled and changed by his glory. Are you enjoying God's presence? Is his glory rubbing off on you? Or have you put a distance between yourself and God? Are you living in your own strength? Or is the glory of God radiating through your face? Let's pray. Father God, we talked last week about how Adam 